Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. I would, I would say Odd, Odd, Odd was this, this, this the icebreaker. I mean, we are people who have the highest amount yeah. of film industries in one individual country. I think RRR added to it. RRR made it one big Indian film industry today. You know, today? Globally, yes. Globally, uh, you know? RRR stars NTR Jr. and Ram Charan have been friends for over 20 years. They relied on one another for the extensive shoot of S.S. Rajamuli's Indian Tollywood epic that has taken global cinemas by storm. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit podcast, we sit down with the two actors as they celebrate the phenomenon of RRR. Also on this episode, we sit down with living star Bill Nye. But first, the roundtable dissects the Golden Globe winners and the Screen Actors Guild Award nominations. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey everyone, happy award season. We are in the thick of it right now. I am Variety's Michael Schneider along with Janelle Riley. Good morning. <laughs> Jazz Tanke. Good morning. And Clayton Davis, the busy, busy Clayton Davis. I mean, no lie, we are in the mix of it this week. I mean, literally, we had the Golden Globes on Tuesday. We had SAG nominations on Wednesday. We have DGA. This is the week. I mean, it's all real. It's all happening. So, and we're only halfway done, right? Because we've got PGA Critics Choice being announced on Sunday. PGA. Thursday and then uh the opening of Oscar voting also Thursday. And yeah. all the guilds. Yeah. It's happening. We're getting yep. some focus. Yeah. I know. We're, Look getting, alive, we're, getting, we're getting answers. We do have yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we definitely got answers with the Golden Globes, what it was gonna look like, who was gonna show up, how how was it gonna go. I thought Gerard Carmichael was great. I loved his opening monologue. It was very much in his style. Uh, the show went a little too long, but on balance, I don't know. I thought it was pretty entertaining. What did everyone else feel? I thought he did a great job. I did. And I know he's, he made some risky jokes. And it, I you, I think you were in the room. I don't know how they played in the room. It didn't sound like they landed, but they landed for people watching on TV, I yeah. think. 
Well, I think with the room, though, the problem with that room is everyone is so busy talking and, and it is so hard to pay attention to what's going on on stage because it gets so loud. And, and Drott even mentioned that when he opened the show. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to tell you all to shut the fuck up the entire show. And apparently he had to because it, it was hard. But those jokes, I think there was a moment of gasping because people were i think impressed but also shocked that he would go there with things like shelling this cavage and and uh <laughs> the windy houston joke i mean he went there but i i thought he he did handle himself very well i know some people didn't feel that way but i thought so well it's the quite- the shelly joke right before introducing people from top gun too was extra daring nice yes <laughs> It played well in the press room for anybody who's covered the press room. Like you get, we had the intro and then as soon as people start coming backstage, like it starts cutting out. So you're missing bits. You don't get to watch the full show, but the bits that we did see, I mean, they did play well. And I think there were several gasps and lots of laughs, definitely like with the Whitney joke and the Tom Cruise joke. Um, But yeah, I think it was, it was definitely a fun Night. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. face it. No, no, no one else is watching the show anymore other than people in the industry. So you might as well play to the industry <laughs> and do some inside jokes. I mean, the fact that Gerard name checked Helen Hone in his monologues, like who's going to get that outside yeah, of the people he just in this room Helen, right? and the industry people watching? Uh, can, I, can, I, can I also say, that can I, or can I ask, like, do we say it Hone? Because whoever did the announcer for her when she came out was like Helen Hone. Like it was very like deep <laughs> guttural that we all like we started t- like, why are they screaming at us? Like there was a lot of uh technical moments when it comes to Ger- I think Gerard actually was pretty refreshing because it's a different type of MC than people are used to seeing yeah. on on a on a stage such as that. Um what's interesting scene is that i and i've been an advocate of trying to bring the lifetime achievement awards back to the oscars but when i see it at the globes i go oh yeah this is why we moved it to the governor's awards and i i think eddie murphy was fine but i feel like that really eddie murphy and ryan murphy screeched it to a halt like it felt Mm. long it was very robust show and it there were 24 27 categories 28 i think 28 or something like that yeah there was a and I remember, like, I just at one point, I was like, oh, my God, we have so much, like, TV stuff left. Like, it, 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 it felt a little bloated. And there was no film clips. And I'm, and we should know this by now. Not having film clips is a problem. And TV clips, any clips. But if you include those, it adds another 40 minutes. Right. But nothing is better than the best actor TV drama debacle. <laughs> oh, trying to figure that out. <laughs> Please, Michael, recap that because that is the best story. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's a debacle for those of us covering. I, I, I don't think for for people watching, they would have ever even known that originally the best actor in a drama uh, category was supposed to be the fourth award uh, announced early in the evening, but then it was pushed back, and no one really knew why. Uh, but I asked around, and it turns out it, it's a really simple uh, uh, explanation. You know, we've had these torrential rains here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles and and in Southern California, really all of California. I think Northern California is getting it even worse, but uh, you. You, you had two nominees in that category and Kevin Costner uh, and uh, uh, Jeff Daniels, um, who both wait, not Jeff Daniels. Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges thank you. Yeah. Like, 
Mike has the largest coffee, by the way. I am trying to stay awake. I was like, (laughs) Jeff Daniels, that did not sound right. Jeff Bridges, thank you. Uh, They're both in in the Santa Barbara area. There was a thought that maybe at least Jeff Bridges could could make it there uh, in time, but the 101 is washed out. They thought maybe they could fly him in, but then the airport was uh, open and then it was closed again. And so they pushed the award back to later in the evening, thinking that maybe they could get him there in time. Ultimately, they couldn't. But that was a simple case of shifting around the run of show because of that and trying to get people there. Uh, Because, you know, clearly this year it was very important for the Globes and the HFPA to try to get as many, uh, you know, A-list talents uh, on the show as possible. So uh, that's. And I just want to say. I'm from Oregon. I know heavy rains. I know flooding. And I know people across the country might be listening to this and thinking, what's the big deal? It's rain. This is some of the worst rain I have ever seen. And the yeah. fact is, Los Angeles is not built for it. You yeah. know, the, the way the roads are designed. That, that's that's it what it floods. is, is that, we're, that people are yeah. not because the state isn't built for this. It just makes it like worse than yeah whereas any other place it'd just be like oh it's raining really hard and just chill out for a second but no they had to you know ellen and megan and harry had to leave their houses <laughs> they got to evacuate so it's pretty pretty damn uh uh telling but the road, it, the, oh, the, no the roads aren't built for it that's the problem like i was yeah. driving to a QA that night and as like janelle said like i mean i'm a brit and i'm so used to rain but like i was messaging my friend i was like i have to drive in this and i'm terrified because LA drivers, you are the worst. Do not speak. even when it's not raining. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and, 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 and by the way, I'm in the valley, so I always feel like I'm in a bowl anyway. So I just feel like, oh, this is the end. Like for for me here. Yeah, well, I think a, the valley a, is curved, so yeah. we're just. Like complete, we're trapped we're in a, bowl. Yeah. a complete side bar, uh, bar real quick. Uh, you know, everyone always says, well, why is the L.A. River? Why does it look like a ditch? Why? Why was it encased in concrete? But it is for moments like this. If it wasn't like that, then we would have had massive flooding, especially around the river area at Water Village, uh, Los Feliz, mm-hmm. uh, Silver Lake. If it wasn't sort of encased in concrete. So it's sort of, you know, it's not the prettiest of rivers, but it does serve a purpose why it is in that concrete. And 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 this week was a good example of why we have that, because otherwise, yeah, we'd all be sort of wearing our, uh, you know, moccasins now. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So back to the Globes. Um, Back to, oh, sorry. Yeah, back to the Globes. We, we do... uh because they actually give out winning uh, winners which were all pretty pretty good tv side they, they i thought they excelled they, yeah. they, they usually do frankly yeah but yeah. they really did, like i mean quinta tyler uh tyler, james williams yeah. oh, was, tyler. tyler was yeah so like at one point i was like l- like look at them go and then w- once it was tyler and quinta i was like oh abbott's gonna do it it's gonna be great yeah. and okay. then it did yeah. so a big big winner on the tv side White Lotus uh, redeemed itself after uh, not even getting nominated last year, and Jennifer Coolidge losing last year uh, now won Coolidge and it won. Uh, and by Lotus. the way, Jennifer Coolidge accepted Star speech of the night. Of the night. I, I mean, I, that has to be the record for the most bleeps in a acceptance <laughs> speech ever. Right? Like, I, I don't even know the stats on that, but I'm sure she broke it yesterday. Oh, but, speech and presentation of and presentation. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But she was amazing. I mean, give her all the awards now because, you know, you're going to get an amazing speech. And that's what that's the the beauty of award shows. You know, yeah. when, every once in a while you have amazing moments like that. 
and, I mean, and, 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 and wait, and maybe not spoil your show in the middle of <laughs> said speech. No, I think there's been enough time. Uh, yeah. No, because Clayton watched... Davis hasn't watched it yet. Clayton, you held it up this weeks ago. I am in the middle of film season, and I watch Dude. stuff when so are film we season's all? over. We've seen, we have no sympathy <laughs> for you. Yeah. I, I, I watch yeah. some stuff, you. but like some stuff that requires my attention, I wait. So then I was like, thanks. You said so on this podcast weeks ago. That you would watch it that week. So. I was, I, well, Jessica started it, and then I needed to catch up. Whatever, it's fine. I was um, happy with Jeremy <laughs> Allen White, though the bear. No, yeah, seeing him, the bear is going to be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Emmy come come Emmy season, it's going to do really really well. Something else I think is really because because people always say like, how do the Globes affect the Oscars? And you know the the standard answer is they really don't. There's no overlap in voting, et cetera, et cetera. But you have these moments like Michelle Yeoh giving a great speech. You know, and that definitely, you know, motivates people to want to see more of that or to like really endear. I mean, everyone already loves Michelle Yeoh, but like, you know, a lot of these people like just just made stronger cases for themselves with great speeches yeah. last it, night. It provides momentum. And yeah, it's momentum to your campaign. And, uh, you know, wrapping up TV, HBO, obviously just getting two of the top categories and you have ABC with Abbott. Um Evan Peters train, I think probably started yesterday for the season. Uh, very happy about Paul Walter Hauser. And then you get Me to, too. yeah, mm-hmm. it was just, re- it was just People really, really love that yeah. performance. Yeah. And his Ray Liotta uh, tribute was, yeah. was really sweet. Then you go to film side, uh, Fableman's, which had, had been stumbling, stumbled in last week because it had a very, uh, underperformance at the BAFTA long list where Spielberg was not long listed. Fableman's wins picture and director at the Globe. Good bounce back. I think in the expanded era, the movie that won the TIFF Audience Award and the Globe, there's only been like five, and all of them have won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So this goes to my original prediction of I think I said it on this on one of the first podcasts that I think we're going to twist ourselves into pretzels and knots all season, saying. It's going to be something else, and it's just the Fablemans. Like it, it could yeah. just be the Fablemans. And I think we're just overthinking this. Um, but Banshees of Sharon, leading nominations and leading winner, that feels like your challenger at the moment. That isn't Top Gun Maverick. Interesting. Do you think because Janusz Kaminski missed for ASC, which we we discussed, and we kind of yeah. knew he was going to. He win misses all the miss. time, and so gets yeah. Oscar. Is why I'm never worried about him. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's his thing. He misses ASC, and he gets Oscar. Um, but then, but that shifts now when you go to SAG, um, because yesterday I was like, oh, Elvis, and we've talking, we've spoken a lot about this. Janelle and I have been on this like, guys, you need to open your eyes that Elvis could do it, kind of nonsense. Um, you nonsense. Know, well, not not just because people don't people don't believe no because people they, are like they, they, they think we're yeah. just like making this up. We're like no, we totally do it. Um, but the miss at SAG today for ensemble was it was a ding. I'm not saying it's it's the end of the road. I'm just saying it's a ding. Well, it's uh, SAG ensemble is so hard that that for me that is always the hardest category to predict because frankly there's just such an embarrassment of riches and. So I wasn't, you know, I was, I thought that it might get in there because it's so beloved and it's like got so many great actors. At the same time, I'm not surprised. I still think it's getting a Best Picture nomination. Oh, I yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not, yeah. Austin Butler still got in. He did what he needed to do. 
Um, I think the train ended, I'm going to be honest, for Glass Onion, if yeah. anyone had hopes for that getting Best Picture, if it couldn't get an ensemble in favor of Babylon, by the way, because that's what that's what it is. And Babylon is still going to be that question mark on the morning. Does it get you get me it, it get zero nominations or it gets 10? Like it's going to be any. Of that, the like, yeah, so you it, don't it, think Glass Onion will get a Best Picture nomination? No, I, I, really? I, I've, I've always had trouble no. seeing. Listen, we're talking about four sequels in the running. They've only done eight in history, and there's four this year. And I think Avatar is in trouble. Like, I've been very, I think it is. It's it's missed a bunch of stuff. It did terrible at the BAFTA long list. And oh, I don't, think, don't, Clayton, don't make them blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mic. Uh, <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, I'm blue. Um, no, Avatar did terrible at the BAFTA long list. Didn't get ASC. Lost its two awards yesterday. And I've always believed. Um, it went on the BAFTA portal on December 27th, and I was like, I need to watch this at home because I need to know how it plays at home. And I thought it played terrible in my house Mm. because it's just become it's a video game. It's a cartoon at that point. You have to see it 3D. 4x imax high frame rate to get the experience and it just went on the oscar portal this week wow. so they have to watch it and i don't think they're coming out to a theater like i mean some are obviously but not enough and i think when you watch it at home it hurts it and i think it's in trouble i want to go back to your point about babylon like mm-hmm. at the globes justin Hurwitz winning oh, score yeah. surprised me i thought they were going to go the john williams way or Actually, I thought, I thought I thought they were going to do Hildur. I, I'm I so disappointed. Too, I was yeah. so disappointed they, they didn't. But Justin Hurwitz, he has two Globes: one for yeah. La La Land, he won the Oscar, and one for First Man, he didn't get nominated. So we'll see which one <laughs> ends up happening this time. Um, women talking though. Just speaking mm-hmm. of Hildur, women talking. Life breathed back today. Thank God it got SAG Ensemble because that's also a movie that's in trouble. Um, at, at, just because you can't choose any of the actors right now because there's too many great ones what a problem to have um and we'll see what what ends up happening but it could be it could still make it in uh to the lineup and the fact that it got in sag ensemble over a glass onion makes mm. you feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside and over wakanda forever when black panther previously won oh angela bassett yeah. started yesterday oh though, my gosh full speed ahead let's go it feels great i thought like listen i thought she was gonna lose the globe and i thought that'd be the thing that she could lose and everything else would be fine but the fact she won the globe i was like oh no so now it's yeah. on like she and is straight can we up. talk about her husband courtney b vance filming on his iphone her speech so even though yeah. it's being sent out to millions of people in the world <laughs> like, i think you got i think her publicist got that covered dude like you could just watch it's but fine. yeah oh it's so sweet so oh, sweet I, they but, are couples goals so let's talk about something we have to we have to get the heart going again the heartwarming thing of sag today stephanie shu Thank yes. God. Oh my gosh. Stephanie Shu and Hong Chow, I want to say in the same category. Both of them. Yes. Both of them incredibly deserving. By the way, can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine yeah. if Dolly also makes it too? We have three I know, Dolly, Dolly, fantastic Dolly. Asian That'd actresses and supporting actress. Yeah. I'll die. 
all die. And they all so deserving, but it's just such a competitive category. We didn't know if they were going to make it. So surprising, but not, but like a good surprise. Stephanie Shu is the purity one. That's the one you're like, yeah. How do you God. deny that performance? That is Thank the best exactly. performance of the year. Yeah. What's helping Hong though is the menu on HBO. Genius. Yeah, I, I agree. think people are watching that. Well, yeah. that came after voting. Oh no, voting closed last week. So yeah, no, you're it, partly because of that, but also it signaled to me that Brendan Fraser is not dead yet. And people wanted to say that that's over well, for him. I, saying I, that. That's ridiculous. There, there are people there. Are, I mean, listen, there are people who think this is Austin. Give Colin. me names. I will find them. <laughs> Twitter guy, two, Twitter. three, four. All right. I'm um, coming for you. Yeah. Twitter guy. Twitter handles. Um, but no, it, that is a signal. Cause that, I feel like big performances like that, that are going to run away with it. Usually will pull in supporting nominations, even things that kind of feel like, out of nowhere and unwarranted that's why i was that's why up until now i was predicting tom hanks for elvis because i thought he was gonna get pulled in with austin butler so he still could he still still, totally still could by the way i think in addition to hong chow and stephanie shu my favorite and i keep i say surprise even though all of these people are wonderful so it's never a full surprise adam sandler for hustle first sag nod finally finally yeah. Listen, I don't do. I don't think that's going to translate. I, I don't think it I don't think it matters. It's fine. Like we can be happy. I mean maybe it does cuz actually that would be really cool, but we well, haven't very had a strange category. We haven't had a a lineup of all first-time nominees since 1934. Just wow. all first-time nominees. They're all first-time nominees. There's so many first-time nominees period at SAG. The only former nominees uh, are best actress Viola and and Kate who have won before Eddie Redmayne and supporting and that's it. And I'm wow. sure it's been pointed out, but when Michelle Yeoh won uh, lead actress in a, a comedy musical drama uh, last night, she's only the second, I believe, second Asian. Asian actress. The yeah. first being Aquafina. I think just a couple thir- years ago. I think third or fourth woman of color. I think wow. I, I, I have to go back. I think Anna, Angela Bassett. No, it is, she is because Angela Bassett was the first right. black woman ever Musical. to win yeah. that category. So yeah. And by the um, way, I didn't realize it had been 30 years or so since Angela Bassett was up there claiming. I know it's weird because I, 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 I saw it and uh, I'm only 20. So that's crazy. <laughs> um, the the last thing, elephant in the room, Michelle Williams omitted. I wonder yeah. if people like I, I, Clayton, you would know better than I would, obviously. But um, are people submitted in certain categories? Like did Pete? Love did that you said. Love that you asked in? it. Yeah. I love that you asked it because here it goes. And this is why you need to worry. SAG honors the submission. You can't vote for Michelle Williams in supporting. She will only be on your lead ballot. So that uh, means they said, now nah, we're good. Anna DeArmas, here you go. Danielle Deadweiler, here you go. Which, by the way, thank you. Lord Jesus for Danielle Deadweiler <laughs> making it. Thank oh, best Jesus. thing. I am not surprised by Anna, by the way. I'm not I either. I think, she, I think yeah. she eats into that uh, European demographic. Yeah. And what that movie like startled people here, I think Europeans are like, this is cinema. And I yeah. think they're going with it. Yeah. That, that, But I think Michelle Williams, I think I, I'm, and Paul Dano made it. So you can't even be like, oh, the movie's just like, no. They said and yes ensemble. to Paul Dano and Ensemble, and they said, no, we're good, Michelle Williams. I mean, part of it is just that lead actress is crazy competitive. I mean, we knew somebody was going to be left out, but yeah, but, it uh, was very yeah. And then uh, that, that, that might be it. Banshees and Everything Everywhere led with five. They tie the record for the most SAG nominations in history. 
and uh, TV, cool. and TV uh, no House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings and Ensemble. Uh, House of the Dragon won last night at the Globes. And what else was missing? A little crown under performance period because they went Elizabeth Debicki and not Melta Stone, which was funny. And a yeah. lot of Barry Anthony Yay. Carrigan. Thank you. Noho Hank. No ho Hank. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm in NoHo now. I just moved. So. I'm in his neighborhood. <laughs> there you go. That was interesting, though, that, uh, you know, no Ho Hank, but no uh, Henry Winkler. Um, so... And also interesting, Jonathan Banks for Better Call Saul, not because he's not brilliant, but he wasn't nominated for the Emmy. But yeah. no Ray, Ray Seahorn. Seahorn. Yeah, oh. just re- I don't understand what's going on. I well, don't. I mean, it's it's she, she killed someone. She killed someone a long time ago. No one's forgiven <laughs> her. We don't know about it. They just I mean, keep it between themselves. SAG is tough. Mike, you to find out. They don't have those supporting categories, so it is interesting when you do see someone who's generally supporting, like an Anthony Kerrigan or uh, a Jonathan Banks, to elevate to this these these really competitive fields. So that's well. Now that they're on Netflix. Maybe they can add those supporting categories and not care about the length oh of the show. Oh my gosh, yes, we haven't even talked about that. Good, Great move. Everyone else that has an award show needs to follow suit. Globes go to Peacock. Oscars go to Hulu, Disney Plus, and ABC. And everyone, and then Grammys, Paramount Plus, Tony's, Paramount Plus also. Okay. Everyone well, has a good day. Especially now because you don't have to bleep or censor. I mean, now that everyone clearly wants to just drop them <laughs> F-bombs and, and shit bombs uh, on these shows, you put it on Peacock, don't need to bleep it anymore. You get to hear it in all its unfiltered glory. So yeah. just for anyone who doesn't know, um, Segward's going to be broadcast on on Netflix or on their? I, well, I was a little this, confused by the wording. So this, this year, year, oh, good, Mike. Yeah, I was just, yeah, this year it'll be on their YouTube channel because there isn't enough time for them. Yeah, they, they, they haven't been doing live programming on Netflix. So they still need to build that infrastructure. So there's not enough time this year to do that. So it'll be on Netflix's YouTube channel this year. But by 2024, they'll have that infrastructure in place where they can finally do some live programming on Netflix. So this is a new evolution for them as well. So where will it actually be, the show? YouTube.com slash Netflix. Gotcha. Okay. And how do we feel about this? Uh, well, I mean, this year, it, I mean, this year kind of like sucks just because like, you know, it's YouTube just for this year. But going forward next year, I'm, I'm down. I, I, t- I tell yeah. you, I think, I, I, th- I think it's a really, really good move. Um, I mean, considering um, up yeah. until yesterday, we thought, wow. What, are they going to stream this on like, you know, on, on FaceTime, like on Zoom? Yeah. Like what, where were we going to be able to see the SAG Awards? It was a big mystery and they pulled this out. I mean, it this was is- such a mystery. I pre-wrote a lead for today's story that was all based around the idea. We didn't know where the SAG Awards would be airing and, and had to throw, had to throw that, that genius writing of mine out. <laughs> Cutting room floor. It, I'm, I'm sure it would have been, been great. There's so many things that we write that never make it. It's so true. <laughs> and probably probably for the best frankly yeah 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 no absolutely so well onward i guess uh we we uh see what's next with the nominations yeah. and, and this week's guest this, weekend. this week's guest is best original song dancers from not do not do the rr boys nt nt dr jr sorry and um rama charan and then Bill Nighy of Living. Oh, who got a SAG nomination today? Yay. I mean, 
not a surprise, but again, you just never know. You don't know what people are I, watching. I, so. I, I think that movie's in best picture, man. I love I, that I think film. it's in I best picture. So. I hope you're right. And he and I made, we shared, well, we didn't share a coffee, but he made coffee instead of tea, but he does travel with his tea. So we talk about. Oh God, it's going to be things. the most British podcast. Ever. I know. Right. It totally is. Yes, it's going to be great, guys. I promise. You talk about <laughs> Nando's or what, what's that restaurant you recommend? Nando's. We don't. Nando's. We don't okay. talk about Nando's. I'm headed to England in a couple of weeks. I am too. I'm going to the BAFTAs my first yeah, time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll we'll see you there. Oh, wow. Well, our, our UK listeners hit up Clayton and Janelle. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe should have like a meet and greet. <laughs> it's my first time. I'm going to look for something to. It is my yeah. first time this year. I was just there <laughs> just there a couple months ago. Got to see some great theater, including Back to the Future, the musical, which I'm sure we'll be Love. talking about. <laughs> Love it. Well, well, maybe you'll have room in your schedules to meet with uh, <laughs> some folks out there. Uh, well, again, happy Globes. Happy everything, everyone. We will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. We'll be more rested. Yes. After the break, RRR stars NTR Jr. and Ram Charan. From Los Angeles, this is the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. The three-hour action epic RRR follows two patriotic but philosophically opposed men who team up to rescue a girl from British colonial officials in 1920s Delhi. The grueling shoot took over three years, and the stars found themselves in all sorts of different situations, including being suspended in harnesses, as well as learning and synchronizing the iconic song, Natu Natu. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Natu? What is Despite being snubbed as India's international feature for the upcoming 2023 Oscars, RRR has been a critical favorite, picking up a Golden Globe win for original song. 
It's also been nominated for five Critics' Choice Awards this year, including Best Picture, which takes place on Sunday. Darian's Films, the U.S. distributor of RRR, launched a full awards campaign after India chose Pan Nalan's last film show to represent it in the Oscars International Feature Race. A global sensation, the action musical broke the record for the biggest opening day collectively earned by an Indian film. Spoken in Telugu, it represents the first Tollywood film to enter and garner major awards recognition stateside. I recently spoke to both Ram Charan and NTR Jr. about RRR, but I began by asking how they've reacted to the whirlwind success of the film. It feels great. I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. You know, sometimes you think about it. LA has <clears throat> always been a spot of, for holiday or, or, or America as such was a place for holiday or, you know, meeting family, you know. But all of a sudden... LA and America in general, America in general has become a workplace now. You know, we've never imagined this would happen. Yeah. You know, we come from the southernmost part of India, the southern part of India. And uh, here we are today, very proud of being Indians, you know? <clears throat> yeah, Clayton, I still can't believe I'm sitting in the studio in LA. And like you said, it was always uh, a place of pleasure. And coming here for work, it is still digesting. I'm still, you know, getting around it. Uh, I think it's great. And uh, as the world is becoming one, the cinema is also becoming one. And, uh, uh, you know, you guys have really been kind. And, uh, you know, you appreciated us. And it's really overwhelming to be here. Yeah, it's, it's easy to to be kind to movies that are great movies. And this came from the insane mind of S.S. Rajamuli. He, I, I don't. I would give anything to read the production notes on this movie to see what someone thought was too far or not, or that we shouldn't do that part because it's so out there and it works so well. Absolutely. You guys filmed this in 2018. Started it. Started it in 2018, yes. And then ran Ended 2021, I guess. 21. Just (laughs) a couple of months before the release is when we did our last shot. (laughs) (laughs) And pandemic obviously played into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lost an eight months there. This was technically supposed to be the fastest movie of SSR. But but he planned it. You know, he, 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 he planned for that. But <laughs> but didn't happen. Yes, we were hit by the pandemic. I mean, no no second thoughts about that. The whole world was, you know, the whole world was in a standstill. Yeah. So were we. We had to get off and 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 stop, shoot and halt, and then move on again. But having said that, Rajmoli still took his sweet time. <laughs> and I like, you know, I would like to agree with you on one thing: the insane mind <laughs> of SSR. Yes, <laughs> he is insane. Let's talk about Natu Natu. Uh, nominated for Golden Globe, shortlisted at the Academy Awards for Best Original Song. Yep. I believe NTRU told me recently, S.S. Rajamuli only likes to do things that he feels everyone can do. Mm-hmm. I watch Not Do Not Do, Rom. I don't think I can do a lot of it. I can do some of it. Um, but you did multiple takes for it. Having our unique style ourselves, each of us, and just to be in sync and have one style called SSR style. So that was the most difficult part. It's not the choreography that was very difficult or, you know, pulled us down or made our knees wobble. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just uh, getting into sync of uh, what Mr. Rajmali was trying to ask us from this 
And today I understand, of course, it was the toughest song we did in terms of getting the synchronization. But today I can understand why it is what it is. <clears throat> no, because everybody in, you know, including, I'm sure you would have tried a two clip. I, I, yeah, you would have. So yeah, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so that's the idea I think Rajmoli had, you know, he does not want to give, you know, give you these so super complicated steps. I mean, if you see what he's done in Magadhira and, or, or, or what I've done in yeah. my movies with Rajmoli before, he does not like to complicate his dance, yeah. you know, especially in, in, in his movies, you know, it is, it is good. It goes into the heart of the audiences only when you are willing or you have the chance to try it. Mm. You don't want to sit down here and say, oh my God, you know, I can never do that. No, you wouldn't want to give it a try. Yeah. And that's exactly what Rajmoli had in his mind. You know, when people are not willing to try or even capable enough to try doing it, why will it, why will it be nominated into the, into the Golden Globes today yeah. or shortlisted on, you know, for the Oscars? Mm -hmm. I think that was his, his idea. As you said, the toughest part was the synchronization. It, yeah. it was not the step by itself. Talking about your characters in the film, Ram, you represent fire, you represent water, NTR. Was there ever a moment that you guys thought about what it would be like if you had swapped roles, if you had played the other one? Do you think that actually could have No, been just fun? the other day I was telling, um, I think both our characters are very similar to us in real. And it, it came very natural when we were doing the scenes. Um, so I don't know, maybe I would love to try it just for the heck of it to, to get into NTR's <laughs> nature and character and mind. <laughs> I would love to, why not? But I would tell you something for sure. I personally feel that, you know, with the friendship we've had over the past 20 years or 15 odd years, I think Charan's more of water hmm. because he, he's, he's, I would say he's, he's an introvert for sure. A little bit of extrovert qualities here and there come in and go. But I feel that Charan's more water for me because, you know, when you look at the sea in general, you know, you really cannot estimate the depth of it. Mm. It's just so peripheral. You don't know what's happening inside it. Yeah. Unless and until you are willing to go deep into it. So for me, Charan as, as a person in general is, is, is very deep. You, you cannot estimate <laughs> what you're getting into unless and until you're willing or he's willing mm -hmm. to invite you. So I would say that Charan's, Charan for me is water. Mm -hmm. I'm somebody, yeah, I'm an extrovert. I would, I would, I would, I would <laughs> definitely agree on that. I'm and a, and uh, NTR is somebody like, what you see is what you get. Yeah. There's nothing hidden. Um, so he is all in or all out. <laughs> it's as simple as that. If you want to do it, you'll do it. And if, if you don't, then it's just not Yeah, thing. that's impossible to make him do, I think. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Looking at some of those other scenes, I'm thinking about the swap again. Uh, there's one key killer scene in which you are on the shoulders of NTR. How, yeah. <laughs> so how do you plan for that scene? And are you harnessed or are you actually holding the weight? There was of, a safety of, harness. Yeah. There was a safety harness. You know what? Again, 60% of it was still, was still I there was still setting on him. That was a tough sequence for him. That was tough. But that's the reason I don't want to swap for such sequences. <laughs> you don't want to carry no, me. No, I'm happy. With you do not want to carry me after I've put on so much weight. No, no. Now, yeah, maybe he could try. Yeah. Because I've, 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 I've lost yeah. a bit of that muscle mass and I'm a little leaner than what I was back then. But yeah, but, but, but that was, that was, 
that was hell of a sequence i mean uh, it, it it really demanded a lot from us and you know what yeah. it's not easy to be on a safety harness for a very long time you know it's so uncomfortable you know if you look at it i have i was carrying him but he was doing all these weird stunts from up there you know he was on a harness but yeah, uh, having my, said that it is our not our race was almost is, going purple yeah yeah after the so, second day of holding the harness that is not easy i mean you it, might it, think that just sitting on yeah the my shoulders is easy no so it was it was not easy on for both of us and it was that not. went on for 15 days yeah and nights yeah 15 oh, nights sorry 15 nights yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you said you you put on some mass for i mean you guys both bulked up a yeah. lot for, for yeah. this yeah. for yeah. this role what was your routine to get yourself uh prepared simple plain routine clayton you know this is what everybody in the yeah uh, everybody, you know everybody it's just there's nothing special to it it's the same thing you know you know like like how every actor prepares yeah so but but, but the only thing we was challenging is is we had to keep that shape we had to retain that 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 shape or muscle we've retained for a very long time for 3 years so yeah. that was difficult because when we were when we were halted by the pandemic we still had to keep working out every day yeah. that constantly you know be in shape 3 years is a lot to carry that kind of a body that's that it it uh, that was tough what's yeah. like your calorie intake during that time to put on the <sighs> the weight cuz that's what I'm going to say I I'm putting on weight for a role right now that's why I'm bulking up for for this right that's what, that's what I'm going to use it so uh come train with us I was put on about 3000 calories a day I was eating seven meals yeah. a day seven meals wow. and uh it took me somewhere around a good 16 months to 17 to achieve that Tarek is very particular in how he eats and the calorie count I've seen him on sets <laughs> he would never eat he would look at my food and just smell it but he would never touch for three years he did that and i'm somebody i think i'm more uh, uh, organic in my approach i cannot it's too much for me i need some good food bad food every day part of my i need my sweets every day and i think it took up about 7 to 8 months uh, here and there but the worst part was uh, the most difficult part was to not eat and not have any of that uh, you know uh, just to take a back seat during the pandemic. Yeah. The scene in which you two meet. Yeah. Swinging off bridges, wow. saving uh little kids, uh wrapping yourself in fire, <laughs> throwing flags. I mean yeah. like what what is that all green screen or like what what, what? I wish the pendulum swinging was also in on green screen but no yeah. that was that was real. That was real. The flag was real. For 12 days the, we both were suspended. Uh, oh my god. Don't even it, it took 12 days that yeah was, the whole bridge yeah. breaking the the child and then our both uh both of us meeting and then the under, underwater sequence after that the whole Can you sequence that was the third day of the shoot oh, when yeah. we started in 2018 the first two days were, was very normal yeah. you know i was i was driving the bike he was sitting behind me and the first it was day. just chill the first two days you know we thought wow you know it's nice but that's when it started what's cooler riding a motorcycle or riding a horse i think i love horses I love I love and cars. I can't, and I'm not very good on bikes. Yeah. And yeah, why is he worse? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the Tollywood of it all because this has been a great eye-opening experience for, for me myself. And I'm someone who loves film, loves non-English language. Can you talk about that impact for Tollywood and hopefully get to a place where it's not Bollywood Tollywood, we're just Indian cinema and then we're all just talking about cinema. I think we've already reached that stage Clayton now. Uh well I would I would say RRR was this 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 icebreaker ice cake. Yeah. But uh I think with Bahubali 
somewhere rajmouli was this 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 director who could erase the imaginary lines of north north film industry or southern film industry you know the northern and the southern or the east or the west we have different film industries we have the kannada we have the tamil we have the malayalam we have the telugu we have the hindi we have the bhojpuri we have the bengali i mean we are people who have the highest you know amount yeah. of film industries in one individual country so with bahubali i think rajmouli could could erase those yeah. imaginary lines and made it one indian big indian film i think rrr added to it rrr made it one big indian film industry today you know today globally yes globally uh, you know i think today we don't represent yes by heart we are telugites but but you know first we are telugites and then we are indians as i mentioned before it's it 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 fills us with a lot of pride that we are telugu people sitting down here and talking but again you know today i think we are indians as well so so it 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 is a great breakthrough you know for for us to sit down here and and talk about work share our culture share our work patterns you know it 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 it, it feels amazing you know it is it's really good and and it happened only because of of one person's dream ssr yeah. ss rajamouli you know and i think that's it's 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 a very clear example of when a master storyteller comes out with master stories i think that's when everybody in the globe is ready to reach out. i mean you know, to 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 accept it i mean we all knew the breakthrough was inevitable it had to happen at some point at some point yeah. and uh, it happened with bahubali uh, the whole of india and asia knew who ssr was and now the west is also enjoying his films yeah. as the world is becoming one cinema is becoming one the boundaries are being erased and uh, you know uh, despite the culture and uh, the language cinema has as none of that cinema is one language that's mm-hmm. the experience that's the emotion which uh, he somewhere cracked it in india uh, uh, until today and uh, Indian audience have been uh, enjoying his emotion universally and now even the west understands that it's not coming from a small state in India but it's just a movie that has been produced and made in that small state i think that was that should be the focus you know that uh, yeah i don't think we want to look up, uh, i mean we want to be addressed like a person coming from a small state and everything but cinema is bigger than all of us and i'm really proud that we're all part of this journey and it began with ssr's uh, rrr yes i like what he said you know cinema has one universal language I, yeah i really agree to what he said yeah. totally that's the deep water we're talking about <laughs> you know it's, it's no secret you're sitting down here with the awards editor of variety yes this is yes. It, this is in the oscar conversation india didn't select it as its official submission no shade to last film show it's actually a very good movie but everyone in the punditry world says you had a guaranteed win if you just chose rr can you talk about maybe we're not aware about the politics about india choosing a tollywood movie that's in telugu versus uh other films that are typically in hindi because i believe that uh by uh history they traditionally pick something that's in hindi and not telugu and even oh, well, yeah. people who saw it on netflix here it's dubbed in hindi which i've never seen before i've never seen non-english language film dubbed in another non-english language yeah. <laughs> so this has been uh interesting to watch uh, a country with 1.4 billion people population i wouldn't say there's a lot of politics going on with choosing what films need to go but i think i think the panel which is sitting down there knows what 
they do the best. So I'm not going to get down that road of talking about why RRR was not chosen as its official movie from the country. We'll talk about Hindi. I think, you know, Hindi has primarily been a national language for a very long time. So, and that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's been, I think Hindi has, has taken its prominence through that. <clears throat> but for us, or for me, at least I would say that choose RRR, don't choose RRR. RRR has already made us proud. I mean, Tarek is being really humble and nice, but I really won these two awards. <laughs> but at the same time, like he said, all of us talking about it, Clayton, you sitting here and even mentioning it yeah, about it, it itself uh, is it's quite satisfying for us. And we're really grateful to the audience here and you. So rest, everything is a feather on the hat. So I'm going to see if that feather falls on our hat or not. That's Let's awesome. wait for another day. <laughs> I just did not want to jinx it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep keep, keep juju. One interesting thing that uh, we learned how big the both of you are in India. I've had people describe uh, you as the rock and Vin Diesel, but like, but, oh but, can, yeah. but can dance like, in a fantastic manner. What has been the conversation about the two of you transitioning to American cinema and making a big splash. Why not? Here. Why not? You know, wow. we're, we're actors, Clayton. Bring yeah. it on, I would say. Bring it on, you know? I would love to explore this. I would love to. And what I kind love, of movie would you love to do? Like you said, Rock and Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah. Yeah, to begin with. We'll do a Fast and Furious version. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. But I mean, yes, you know, as actors, I think we have to be open. To, yeah. to 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 accept what's given to us and uh yeah you know we're we're very open to I'm actually uh, eager uh, eager to I'm actually waiting be a part to, of a movie uh, have your directors experience us as well on the sets and i think uh, we will do a great job ah, so yeah, steven yeah. spielberg is watching he feel free to oh. grab these two and great. Get, a, get a good movie going uh, i have some fun questions for you but yeah, before sure. uh that happens i i brought you guys something and I thought it would be great for us to talk with. Uh, oh my God! Wow, some jaguars. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is the, a tiger. Uh, a tiger. No, was it? Both, both, both the jaguars. I think one is. That's a gift for right. me to you. For, oh, thank for you coming, so much. Uh, th through uh, <laughs> our space so much, here. Uh, yeah. Don't throw it at each other, though. No, no, no. We've seen you throw. No, I'm gonna go give it to my younger one. He loves tigers and jaguars. I, I want to talk about uh, your 20 years of friendship. I want to see how well you guys know each other. And uh, what animal would you want to be if you could be any animal? Horse. Children would want to be. So a we're horse. going to answer for each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Answer okay, for each other. I think. Oh, uh, for each other. Oh no, actually, that'd be better. Yeah, you answer for each yeah. other. Yeah. Horse. Horse. I think children uh, would want to be a horse. Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is the horse true? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Who would last longer in an actual fight with a tiger? No. The two of you. Realistically, Who would last no. a little longer, bit longer? Little longer. Realistically, I think both of us will run. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be foolish if you take that hit. <laughs> if you were actually doing a dance battle of not do not do, who would win? How do you two? I mean, uh, he would have got the step, right? But uh, in terms of endurance, I would have gone. But he would have mm. got it perfectly in that. So, so the movie is correct then. Yeah. And, yeah. and given him the win. Would have, all right. Who takes longer to do their hair on the day of a uh, shooting? Tarek. Really? Sharon. Tarek takes a long time Sharon. to do his hair. That Not one, the makeup, the hair. You, the hair. You're, you're very right That's on your question. Not the you know, I, Your I, hair bounces and waves. So no, I've like, got curly hair. Yeah. So it takes a little while. So to tame it, you know, it takes a little while. I think he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Who broke character more on set? Who like laughed more or messed up? Charan. 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 I think Charan. Like, Charan is this, Charan is a naughty boy who's not caught. 
<laughs> and I'm somebody who's caught. So yeah, so so yeah, so there's never going to be an answer where you know he he or me are going to win. No, it also he was a naughty it also boy. tells he you was... that maybe I never did anything. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's, it's charm definitely the naughtiest. <laughs> what was the most fun you had on set? I think the most difficult uh, episode, and also I kind of uh, weirdly had fun was the 65 nights of uh, shooting the. the interval episode of us becoming arch rivals mm. and then it's the intermission so that episode weirdly 65, 65 nights. nights i think nobody would any actor would hate doing that but i weirdly enjoyed it like uh, like uh, like he told me one day saying uh, i am the night owl mm. i like shooting in the nights and he's more of a day person so probably i enjoyed it more. yeah so i would say i would I would say Natu Natu would definitely be something which is a good, which was a great experience. I had fun as well, but there was a lot of torture <laughs> for that. But but you know, we were in Ukraine. We would do that for everything. Probably you know, catch up, go out to a yeah. restaurant, you know, get some food. You know, we had that. We had a good yeah. family time as well. I would say Natu Natu yeah. in Ukraine was in Kiev Just was yeah. a fun experience. We're gonna get sentimental. Please right. tell me. the best quality about the other person what i like is he's one person not just me i, I know uh, hundreds of people around him would say the same he's somebody you can really rely on at any point of the day any uh, any time of the day at any situation in your life you know you can make that one call to him and he'll be there that's the trust he has built over the years with anybody and everybody he has ever come across in his life This is the number one quality I admire and love and he's a great father. He's a great husband, great actor and more than anything he's a great friend. One of the very 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 few friends. You know you have, you know maybe you could just count on your fingers. But Charan would be definitely the first person I would want to call and share or ask for help or even rely upon. The first phone call I would do is is definitely to Charan. So, and yeah. and he's he's everything a friend needs to be and he's everything a friend should be he's everything a friend can be and uh yeah you know just 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 this this he's this beautiful person who can who can literally you know give you a shoulder and say you know what it's all right you know Thank shit you. happens Aww. the bromance man. yeah <laughs> yeah i love it what's the scene that isn't in the movie that you were disappointed didn't make the final cut i could have given a better close up if he was not oh, doing geez. those things right here if he did me. not irritate me i think i would have done a, a better job also you know please and the final question yes. listen there's been rumors about it rrr part 2 wow what Rumors? I thought. I thought. SSR I thought. Said, I thought SSR said it on one of the one of the stages. I mean, it sounds like it's definitely happening. But I mean, listen, we don't know anything official. Things are always so secretive. We also don't. I mean, listen, it took four years to get this. I can't wait four years for <laughs> RR two. Just the announcement. Clayton, I am on your side on this as well. So I have no clue as of now. My director has officially not told us. But yeah, I've been hearing it on the press on the, one of the stages where he spoke after the screening, the Q and A. So yeah, I'm waiting for him to roll this news with us. That's Ram Charan and NTR Jr., stars of the film RRR. The film is now streaming on Netflix.
In Living, Bill Nye plays Mr. Williams, a civil servant who decides to seize life after receiving a terminal cancer diagnosis. But the film is anything but depressing. It discusses a couple of universal themes, one of which is mortality and the other, procrastination. It's about a guy who works in an institution dedicated to making sure that things don't happen for most of his life, and then is given a diagnosis which triggers a huge transformation. Nye has been earning rave reviews ever since the film screened at the Sundance Film Festival in 2022. The praise has been pouring in, first from British audiences and now stateside and international. Variety's Jazz Tanke recently spoke with Nye about the film, as well as how he smuggles Yorkshire tea into America while shooting in Los Angeles. And he confirms whether or not Love Actually is really a Christmas movie. She began by asking him about the reaction to living. It's been something, really something. I mean, I did think we were going to make a good film, and everyone involved were all kind of, they were all assassins. But I, but I don't think anything would have prepared us for the rapturous nature of the response from audiences and from festivals and stuff. So it's been, uh, it's marvelous, you know. I mean, you make a lot of films, and some of them catch fire, and some of them don't. And this one is really, you know, you know you're in a hit when you get messages from people you haven't heard from for 35 years or something, <laughs> you know. And people saying, I can't get into the cinema, which is, of course, music to my ears. Yeah. I mean, why do you think the film resonated? I remember seeing the response out of Sundance, but then, you know, that was, you know, it was huge in the UK. Finally, America caught on. Why do you think this film and, you know, your characters resonated? Well, I think that, you know, as I say, the people who made it are very serious people. And the, and the director, Oliver Hermanus, is a young uh, director who'd never made a film outside of South Africa before. And he's a, he's a visionary director. You know, he's, you're going to be hearing from him, Oliver Hermanus. And he's done something very special. And everyone involved are all, they're all kind of brilliant people. And Stephen Woolley, the producer, is, I, this is my third film with him. Um, but I think it touches people. It discusses a couple of universal themes, one of which obviously is mortality, and the other is procrastination. It's about a guy who works in a, an institution dedicated to making sure that things don't happen for most of his life, and then is then given a diagnosis which triggers a, 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 a huge transformation. And as much as he tries to make something happen with what time he's le- he has left, and uh, people hit the street after seeing the film, inspired, and all the messages I've had, they're all, and all the responses, they've all been the same. Yeah, so the response has generally uh, been one of uh, an uplifting experience. People feel that they, they feel truly sort of inspired by it, which is what it's designed to do. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm obviously very satisfied about that. Yeah. Let's go back. I mean, it was Stephen that had mentioned it to you. Well, originally it was Kazuo... Ishiguro. Uh, I, I had dinner with Stephen Woolley and Elizabeth Carlson, who are the two great English film producers who, with whom I've worked before, as I say. And I knew that the other guests were the Nobel Prize winning uh, laureate uh, Kazuo Ishiguro and his wife Lorna. But I fell asleep on the sofa because it had been a bit of a long day. <laughs> and I didn't, I got a phone call at like half past nine saying, where are you? So I had to scamper right across London. And I got there for dessert. But it was a good thing I did because at the end of dinner, Mr. and Mrs. Ishiguro said that we know what your next film should be. And I said, well, when you're ready, let me know, you know. And then a couple of weeks later, it turned out to be this. 
Mr. Ishiguro came to England as uh, a young boy of five and grew up in England. And therefore, Japanese art of various kinds, including movies, became very important to him. And Ikuru, the Kurosawa movie, made perhaps the biggest impression of all. And he'd always wanted to marry it with a kind of what they call Englishness. I'm sure there are characters like the character I play, Mr. Williams, in every culture, but we we sort of take the rap for it, mm. us in England. That kind of repression, suppression, that kind of uh, severe, extreme kind of modesty of conduct that people required of themselves, where you're not supposed to, you know, trouble any fellow human being with your concerns, and you're supposed to kind of apologize for dying. Um, which I which I know is you know deeply unhealthy, and I'm sure the psychiatric establishment would have something to say about that. But I actually find it kind of very moving as well, and it involves a degree of heroism on occasion. But I think, therefore, uh, everyone is you know I procrastinate at an Olympic level, and uh, I can put off anything you got for as long as you want. And when I die, there will be a long list of things that I didn't just didn't quite get round to, you know. And I don't think I'm alone in that. It's the great corrosive element in our lives. I don't know why it's included in the human DNA, but it's it's a, a very powerful, influential impulse. And I think everyone identifies with that, plus the fact, obviously, of the whole thing of mortality and 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 trying to the thing everybody's project which is trying to make the most of their lives and make the most of every day and not to have each day uh, contaminated by regrets from the past or fears of the future i mean that's everybody's project that's what we're all trying to do and everybody tries to do it in different ways whether you know uh, so, and I, you know, including me, you know, I've tried, you know, I've always, I'm always, that's, that's what I try and do. It's that irritating thing that people say sometimes where they say, live every day as if it were your last. <laughs> well, you know, I can't pull it off. I don't know anybody who can, you know, it's yeah. pretty tr- difficult unless you just nearly got run over by a car or you've had some kind of, you know, shock and then you are for a few days or so. You, yeah. you, you are, you know, you're electrified and you, and you do and everything tastes nice and everything's important and every tree is a beautiful thing, you know, and it's like that, yeah. but you can't, you know, keep that up for very long. So, uh, but this, uh, this film does seem to, um, as a mechanism for inspiration, it obviously works because people come out of the cinema feeling galvanized and, you know, intoxicated by it. Yeah. And it's hopeful too, you know. Yeah. I think that's what's great about it. I, you know, you talk about the, I guess it's a stiff upper lip, right? We don't, as Brits, we that's what we do, right? We don't express. Everything's inside. Like... How did you navigate Mr. Williams? Was that easy to navigate, given that's part of our culture, right? Like- well, yeah, it wasn't. I, I, I'm very interested in that. I'm fascinated by that, you know, and I do kind of, I, I mean, I shouldn't, as I said before, but I kind of in, admire it. I mean, I know it's not healthy, and I know that there are many drawbacks, Um. And I don't want to go back to the 1950s where people, where there was, where it was extreme. Um, but, uh, but it wasn't, wasn't difficult for me to, uh, to kind of slip into that. And I was, you know, I was around. I was one of those kids in the playground. I was in those dreadful shorts. I was, uh, I was four years old when this movie was, was made. It's weird when you look at black and white footage and you think, wow, that's a long time ago. And then you realize you were there. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of alarming. 
But uh, so I was born into that atmosphere, you know, and my I'm not playing anybody. I'm not doing my father or anything like that. But my father was not unlike the character in the film, you know, only in as much as a lot of the men and women mostly. But it, I mean, in terms of, I mean, gender was very specific and, you know, and it was expressed in certain ways, you know, as we know in those days. So it was, and I knew I would have been around lots of men who were one way or the other, you know, trapped in that kind of, um, in that restraint, that degree of constraint that uh, people required of themselves at that time. It's amazing how elaborate the, uh, it's like every generation or every culture or the human species seems to find more and more, always seems to find, whether it's religious-based or religion-based or, or politically-based or whatever, just finds, you know, some, a new elaborate way to absolutely make sure that nobody has a good time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. either whether it's East Germany during the communist period or whether it's, you know, strange customs where they, you know, religions that subjugate women or whether, it, you know, there's, there's always some very complicated arrangement which basically means we all suffer. Yeah. You know, and that's, and we had our own version of that, which was that you were supposed to keep everything to yourself. You know, I mean, and also you've got a generation coming back of men coming back from the war and women having to have suffered through the war, not knowing if their men were coming back. And in terms of London, living in a city where you didn't know who was going to wake up the next day. Yeah. Where, you know, people have nostalgia for the blitz, for that wartime London. And, and, and I think what they really have is nostalgia for those movies. I think it's nostalgia. It's sort of movie nostalgia. Mm. Cause you can't really have nostalgia for a period where, you know, hundreds of thousands of people died, were, were slaughtered by German bombing. And where part, you know, you wouldn't know which part of the city was still going to be standing the next day. And the, the city was decimated. You know, savagely bombed during the Second World War. And then everybody was supposed to just, you know, then the war ended and everyone was supposed to just uh, resume where they'd left off and carry on with their lives. And all that trauma, all that fear, all that pain, all that suffering um, was supposed to be dealt with on your own. You know, just get on with it. You weren't supposed to, you know, make a fuss. You weren't supposed to, you know, trouble anyone else with it. Um, and that, you know, that's that's a lot of people to be suffering from various forms of post-traumatic, uh, uh, whatever that expression is, post-traumatic syndrome. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a lot of that's a lot of pain, and um, maybe that you know, and and also I'm playing a man who is sort of institutionalized, not sort of, who is inst institutionalized in grief anyway, because. He lost his wife when he was very, when she was young, you know, so he's, and his life and his personality and everything, and his, his style or his conduct is all formed around that loss. And, uh, and he works in an institution which is specifically designed to, to make sure that nothing gets done. So, you know, that's a, a recipe for disaster. But then he has this kind of transformation. Yeah. What was it like working with Sandy Powell as a costume designer and going through that transformation where 
you wear the bowler hat and then the trilby. Yeah. Well, you know, it's very simple working with Sandy Powell. You just do whatever she says because she's, you know, the three-time Oscar-winning costume. You know, she's one of the most <clears> – excuse me. It's very um, – <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it's very simple working with Sandy Powell. You just do whatever she tells you to do. She is the most – one of the most eminent – costume designers in the history of costume designers she's got three oscars or something of that kind and she's tremendous to do business with but you but i used to you know normally i would kind of euphemistically uh, i would sort of negotiate with costume designers and try and get a few things in them you know but with sandy i didn't bother i just went <laughs> yep absolutely whatever you say miss pal and uh, and and the kind of, and the the director oliver hermanis who comes from south africa and has never made a film outside of South Africa, and was, and was asked by two film freaks, Stephen Woolley, the producer, and Kazuo Ishiguro, they have seen everything. They've seen everything, mm. every genre of movie. And one of their special areas of interest is black and white British films, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So then they approach this young man from South Africa and say, right, make that, do that. And they threw millions of films at him and he watched every film, black and white film. And he said, I saw my part of my job was to make a black and white film in color. And what, and he was very much aided in that by Helen Scott, the designer and by Sandy Powell, who would throw in every now and again a very strategic splash of color. Mm. And in the office, for instance, all the, the walls are black. I mean, Jamie Ramsey, the brilliant cinematographer just hung his head in despair. He's like, how, what am I, how am I supposed to light it? You know, cause the whole thing was black. All the guys are in black or gray suits. Right. And the one, not even color, but the one splash is Amy Lou, Amy, the brilliant Amy Lou Woods in a white blouse because she is the kind of breath of fresh air. And then occasionally there'd be a, she was at one point put in a bright yellow dress to make a, a point because she is like sunshine. And, um, so you know they they're very very uh, it was it was minutely uh scheduled all that color and uh, and it's uh, and Sandy Powell was a big part of that. Yeah. I love that. And I love the like Amy she's so brilliant and those colorful dresses that she wore. Um so I read that you don't watch your performances so you've not seen this film that people are saying it's your finest hour the best performance. Yeah, no I haven't. And that's how it should be. That's fine. At the moment, everything is fine. People like the film. Uh, if I see it, I'm. It's all of that is stolen from me, and I'm robbed of that. Because if I see it, and I know there's no logic in it, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not because I'm, well, I am vain, obviously, but I'm not. It's not because I'm older and and more complicated to look at. It was the same when I was young. I gave up watching myself very early on. Because it undermined me to such a degree that it made it harder for me to go to work again. You know, yeah. it's, I don't learn anything. It doesn't, it's not helpful in any way. Uh, I know it's probably a form of dysmorphia, professional dysmorphia or something. I don't know. But there's no, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It's just a practical consideration. I, uh, I can't afford it. Um, and I'm not, it's not for me. It's for other people. And I used to, you know, struggle when I was a younger, person when people said anything positive about anything i'd done i thought it was either a conspiracy or it were, either they were being kind or they were being 
not very bright, you know. Uh, but now I now I've accepted that there is a, a pretty sizable disparity, thank the Lord, between what they see and what I feel. Um, I, you know, I'm better than I used to be, but but it would not be any different if I watched if I watched this film, the whole success of the film and everything would be taken away from me because I would look at it and I would just go, seriously, are you for real? It's yeah. this, you know, that, you know, I mean, I'm, I am very, very, because uh, all I see are the bits where I didn't quite pull it off or I do that right. thing I always do, that default thing I always do when I can't quite pull something off, you know, and I, or I should have done it, the, you know, that's all I see. I don't see anything, you know, and I, why risk it? And it's perfectly right. Life is good. Life is good when I don't watch. Yeah. What if, like, your movie's, like, on TV? Because love actually is almost always on. Around. I grab the remote I, <laughs> as soon as I can get to the remote. I mean, you know, over the years I've seen bits and pieces, yeah. never happily. It's always like, why like that? And why didn't you cut your hair? I always think I've got too much hair. Not in more recent times, but when I was younger. But then directors always used because I, I, I used to play kind of sort of slightly dodgy men, you know, mm. slightly worrying guys, you know, and they always had their hair was always just slightly too long for their age. And, um, and, and directors would always say, oh, don't cut your hair. So it wasn't entirely my fault, but I always look whenever when I do catch a glimpse of myself in older things, I think, why didn't you cut your hair? At least cut your hair, you know. Anyway. Love that. Um, so you're here in LA for a few days. How are you finding it as a Brit? Like, is there something that you always bring with you from the UK? I used to do that when I used to come to Funny LA. you should say that. Yeah. What did you bring? I used to bring like Ribena. I oh, love right. Ribena. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes tea because tea yeah. in America is well, just... Well, yeah, quite. I mean, I take tea. I smuggle Yorkshire tea into America and every other country I go to. Yeah. I travel with... I have a shoe bag, a sack, a small sack <laughs> of Yorkshire tea because if I run out of Yorkshire tea, the game's up. Yeah. And I used to smuggle Marmite. I got busted a couple of times at the airport for Marmite. They don't allow that? Well, I, 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 I was greedy. I took a too big a jar and the guy said, you can't take that. And I said, come on, it's Marmite. And they were all sort of laughing. And I, and he said, no, you can't have it. And I said, well, can't I take some of it out and put it in a smaller thing? Cause I was going away for quite a long time. He said, there's no decanting of Marmite this side of security. I said, can I see that in writing? And they, and he said, you can't have it. So they took it away. But the young man who was seeing me through the airport was apparently so moved by this. While I was sitting waiting for the plane, he went to all the cafes around Heathrow and he got me all, uh, 32 of those little plastic oh marmites in a bag, yeah, and which got me through the film. I mean, just. But uh, so, yeah. But uh, the other thing I used to bring to Los Angeles when I first started coming to Los Angeles, weirdly, not weirdly, but was Harold Pinter's poetry. Interesting. Because Harold, I, I fell in love with a couple of particularly a couple of um, his love poems, which became very, very important to me. And then I bought special editions of his poetry. And, uh, and I used to carry them to Los Angeles as a kind of bit of ink, bit of, a bit of, because you can't, because I figured it was sort of, it's like the Rolling Stones. I think of them as not British. I think of them as English. Mm. And, uh, and I used to bring 
you know, a lot of, st- I'd bring, in the days when you carried CDs, I would bring the complete works of the Rolling Stones and Harold Pinter's poetry. I love that. Okay, last question, Bill. Is Love Actually a Christmas Movie? Is Love Actually a Christmas Movie? Uh, well, I think so, <laughs> given that the whole world seems to watch it every Christmas. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I've never, I've never doubted that it was a Christmas movie. Um, it's certainly a Christmas phenomenon. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, and every Christmas, cause I, you know, I get lots of people singing that song to me in the street and, you know, and in restaurants. And if I walk in a, anywhere where there's a, a professional piano player, you know, like a hotel lounge, or, as soon as I walk in, they start playing. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we can, we can confidently conclude that yes, it is a Christmas movie. That's Bill Nye, star of Living. Now currently in theaters. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit. <laughs>